0: You know, if there's one aspect of your marketing that I know many of you are neglecting, it's search engine optimization, aka how to get on page one of Google. Well, don't worry, I've got your back. Today, we're joined by Rand Fishkin, the world's leading SEO expert, who's going to shine a very bright light on this very dark art. Oh boy, are we in for a treat? before we immerse ourselves in episode 380 of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, and I've got to tell you, it is a full immersion in this episode. The Marketing Gold is made possible thanks to Open Universities Australia and 52ways.biz. Now, when was the last time you learned something that could propel your beautiful business forward? Outside of listening to this show and a big thank you for that, your answer may well be, not in a very very long time timbo well that's cool but maybe it's time that changed check out open University's online courses over at open.edu.au someone's got to be the smartest in your industry it may as well be you and we're also made possible thanks to dale beaumont's 52 ways live events that are touring australia and new zealand in 2018 yep The 2018 dates have just been released. You have no excuse to get a whole lot smarter in your business because it's one very full day of just amazing tips, tricks, and insights. 52 ways, actually, to grow your business. And free tickets are available over at 52ways.biz. Grab one for yourself and for a couple of mates, I would suggest. Welcome to the Small Business Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed. And welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. I am your host, Timbo Reed, but you infinitely... More importantly, you're a motivated business owner and you're ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be, which is exactly why this show exists. It exists for no other reason. Well, it's an opportunity for me to rant on too, I suppose. But hey, if it's your first time around, welcome. If it's your 300th and 80th time around, then love your work. You are definitely a motivated business owner. Bit of a different show today, Rand Fishkin, the world's leading SEO expert, is going to hold our hand and lay out exactly, and I mean exactly, how to optimize a podcast's show notes so they rank on page one of Google. But don't turn off if you're not a podcaster, because Rand's tips apply just as equally to blog posts and all website pages, but I hit him up because I wanted to know how to optimize my show notes. (laughs) Love podcasting. Um, I'll explain exactly how to incorporate storytelling into your marketing messages so you can sell more stuff. And we go back into the vault revisiting a chat I had with husband and wife team that left their high-flying jobs in New York start a juice bar. That was a great interview. Hey, as per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Coming up after today's interview, I am going to show you how and why to write simple stories to help you sell more. But right now, I'd suggest you grab a pen and paper and get ready for an absolute masterclass in search engine optimization for 2017 and beyond. Today, we're joined by SEO Doyen. There is no other word to describe this guy. Rand Fishkin from SEO software company Moz, who is, in my opinion, the world leader on this like incredibly important topic that many of us choose to ignore at our peril. Rand also hosts Whiteboard Friday, which is a a must-watch series that he does online. You can subscribe free over at moz.com where he takes you through an SEO topic. He's also the co-author of a couple of books on SEO. Now, Rand is going to walk you and I step-by-step through how to create and optimize podcast show notes, blog posts, And web pages. So it relates to anything, basically, that you create on your website so that you have the best chance or they have the best chance of ranking on page one of Google. Now, some things to note, team. You'll hear me say we're screen recording the interview for later reference. Well, it turns out there was no additional value in doing that, so I've decided not to use the screen recording. Uh, We do get a little bit geeky at times using some big SEO terms like uh, metadata and uh, permalinks, but don't freak out. I make sure we bring everything back to layman's terms. Now, uh, this is one episode you're going to want to share with your team or anyone responsible for creating content on your website. And Rand mentions SpeechPad transcription service being $2 for 10 minutes of audio. It's not. Uh, So in the show notes for this episode, I give you a couple of other options, one which is free for the first 30 minutes. So um, be checking the show notes for that. As I said, he's about to walk us through how to optimize uh the show notes for a podcast episode but this these learnings apply to anything that you create on your website so without further ado let's get stuck right in Rand Fishkin, welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. Oh, thank you for having me again, Tim. Rand, it was episode 206 in September 2015 that you were last here, and I'm guessing that uh, a lot has changed in the world of SEO uh, since that date. So, Is it reasonable for a small business owner to think that they can still get page one Google rankings? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I mean, depends on the keyword, but certainly possible. Lots of small businesses are doing it every day. Is it a lot harder or you just need to know what you're doing? It is uh, slightly more difficult, but there's also actually more opportunity than there's ever been before, uh, and we can talk about that. But but some of the reasons why are there's actually more people searching than there ever were before, uh, and more searches being performed by those searchers. So you know today ranking number three or four might be the equivalent of ranking number one four or five years ago. That's that's how much traffic is going to those you yeah, know, to those search results. Right. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, And then the second thing that's exciting is that uh, there are a lot more different kinds of results in Google's first page than there have ever been. So, you know, five, six years ago, you might have performed a search and you'd see 10 blue links. Today, you perform a search, you're going to see local results and maps. You might see knowledge graph results, which are those big boxes on the right-hand side with all the information. You might see something called a featured snippet, which shows like an answer and an instant link up at the very top ahead of all the rest of the organic results. And there's you know 30 other different kinds of results that you can show up in. So today, you might not have to do
0: just SEO for those classic 10 blue links. There's other ways to show up. Ah, love it, love it. By the way, I do love those featured snippets. I think I'm. I pretty much click on that one every time. Yeah, you are uh, not alone. <laughs> is it? Well, we're not here to talk featured snippets. We're here to talk podcast show notes. But I've got. I have to ask as we go. Um, is there a tip to getting a featured snippet? Yeah, yeah. So those featured snippets.
1: Uh, two things are important. One, you have to rank somewhere in the top ten. It certainly helps to be higher up. We see that featured snippets more often go to results number, you know, one, two, three than seven, eight, nine. But we've seen results that uh, featured snippets that come from result nine, result number 10, uh, just not page two. Hmm. The second thing is a lot of it is about sentence structure and formatting, so if you see, you know, that a fe- that a featured snippet uh, is showing up and you think to yourself, you know what, I bet I could write two or three short sentences that would do an even better job of more of of explaining, you know, the answer and delivering that to Google searchers than what the results are already showing. Or if you think, gosh, you know, that looks like a featured snippet that could really use a list. I'm going to make an ordered list or an unordered list. Uh, that's bullet points or, or numbered items to help Google, you know, answer that query with a list. Uh, and those formats actually work really well to capture featured snippets. There's a great blog post from Dr. Pete
0: on Moz uh, that will walk you through it. Okay. I will link to that in the show notes. Um, is there a, is there a uh, something you have to tick to tell Google, hey, can you consider this for a featured snippet or you just got to make best efforts with the information you provide them? Uh, in
1: featured snippet cases, there's not actually specific markup, but you do need to make sure that that content that could appear in it is at the top or ver- near the very top of your page's content. Gotcha. So it should be kind of just below the headline in your navigation.
0: Okay. So Rand, with that what, what kind of mindset does a small business owner need to go into SEO with these days? Yeah, I think it's – look, it's important to, to set expectations,
1: right? SEO, like content marketing, uh, like building a community, uh, like a lot of social media practices, is a long-term play, Right. You're not going to you know, start your Facebook page and tomorrow have 10,000 people who read every post you put on Facebook. That, mm-hmm. that will never happen, right? But you might say, hey, tomorrow maybe I'll have five people, and a year from now I might have 500, and maybe four years from now I'll have 5,000, and that will make my business you know, much more successful with Facebook as a marketing channel. And SEO is the same way. The best time to start was five years
0: ago. Second best time to start, today. Love it. Love it. You've always been a glass-half-full kind of guy. That's, I think, why we love you. Uh, (laughs) Tell me, um, I know Google, uh, in one of their major algorithm uh, releases, uh, updates a couple of years ago, talked about um, we want relevant, unique, helpful content produced regularly. Uh, In fact, and that's what I've been doing for many years. That's what I suggest my listeners do. Is that still the case? And if it is, or if it isn't, what's been updated around what Google are looking for?
1: Yeah, I think there's two important caveats that I would add to that. Um, the first one is the regularity or frequency of publishing is actually not that important. So, for example, uh, if if a small business came to me and said, "Look, you know, Rand, Tim, you guys, I do not have the bandwidth to publish something once a week. That's just not going to be possible," I would say, "Hey." don't worry about it. Can you publish something four times a year? Hmm. And maybe they'd say, yeah, I can do something every quarter, once a quarter. Great. Let's aim for that. Let's look for keywords and terms and phrases that really matter to your audience that are going to help you accomplish your goals and where you can put in you know, a significant amount of effort, but only maybe once every three or four months and get a ton of value out of that. I know small businesses that only publish basically one piece of content a year. They're, they are small publishers but they do something remarkable they update it every year their customers and the you know the media around them their blogosphere look forward to that piece of content coming out from them each year sometimes that's an annual survey of you know all their customers or everyone in their field uh, sometimes it's a big data collection or a release of information that they have unique access to. Uh, sometimes it's their perspective on how the industry's changed over the last year, right, that they only produce once every January or something like that. And this this can work out just fine. Uh, I think it's really about saying, hey, what can I do? What can I accomplish? What I have bandwidth for? And what can, what can I fit into that bandwidth that's still going to get me... Some traffic opportunities with Google.
0: So, so is that Google saying, hey listen, um, stop feeling as though you have to publish, publish publish because what we 've noticed is that the quality drops <laughs> with that pressure, so um, do what you can, but when you do it, make it a considered high quality useful content
1: yeah and that and that goes to our second you know to the second caveat that i'd have around the um, you know that additional statement, which is mm-hmm. Google is not just looking for unique content; they are looking for unique value from the content. So, what I mean by that is, so uh, for example, I could write an entire article because I, you know, I use a lot of whiteboard pens. White, uh, whiteboard <laughs> Friday is obviously, a big thing that I do. Love I could it. write a whole piece about my favorite whiteboard pens, right? And I could do that, um, uh, you know, whatever, updated every year or, or what have you, but. Uh, If someone, if if I were to create that and basically just have, you know, whatever's ranking number one for best whiteboard markers today, but I rewrote it in my own words, that provides no unique value, right? Mm -hmm. All it is is unique content. It's technically different words and phrases, right? I wrote the sentences instead of somebody else, but it isn't providing a different form of value. What if instead I spent... You know, a significant amount of time seeing how much uh, relative ink levels each type of whiteboard marker has from each manufacturer and how long it takes them to run out of ink and how well they erase and how well they show up when they're filmed on video on a whiteboard. Now, now I've created not just unique content, but unique value, Mm. value that says, hey, anyone who's ever filming against a whiteboard, Rand will tell you which marker to buy. And and that value is far beyond just the best whiteboard pen. It's a a different kind of value, a value you couldn't get from any web page until Rand put that together, right? And that unique value is something that Google's really seeking out. So if you can go look at the results for the top 10 for a keyword that you care about, and you can identify a hole, a gap, something that no one else is filling where you can provide the value that no one else has, that is a great opportunity to get ranking in
0: Google. Okay, so, so two things. Go ahead and write that blog post because it would be quite interesting to see how you do that. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> secondly, this goes back to the first point of small businesses can rank, still rank well on page one on Google. Is what you're saying, though, that you, to use the tech term, we need to really use longer keywords because the blog post you just mentioned is not just about what's the best pen for a whiteboard. It's what's the best pen for a whiteboard based on how long the ink lasts and whatever else. So are you, are you drilling down uh, firstly? And secondly, yeah. does that mean there's you're going to get less people searching for that, but the ones who are are closer to doing something with that information, buying from you, contacting you, signing up?
1: Yeah, it goes both ways. Right. So if, if, for example, you could intuit that there are features of best whiteboard pens that people determine, uh, you know, criteria that would say, hey, this is what best means. Best is not just one person's subjective opinion. Best is a series of six criteria, and I'm going to grade the pens on all of those. You can probably rank for just best whiteboard pens. Right now, mm-hmm. you might say, you know what, that keyword is super competitive. I don't think I can really provide a lot of unique value there. I don't want to go after such a hard to target keyword. So I'm going to go best whiteboard pens for video. Right. And hey, there's only a handful of people who search for that every month. But you know what, my whiteboard pen company is pretty small. A handful of new visitors and new buyers every month would mean a lot to me. Great. Now you can target a more specific searcher intent, a more specific set of keywords, and your
0: content will be a perfect match for those visitors. Love it. I want to get stuck into the podcast show notes as we do. Talk to me about how far is Google off from actively indexing and accurately indexing audio, Rand? Um, still a long ways, as uh, much as best
1: as we can tell. It is, it is pretty um, – I don't even want to say half-assed. I'm not sure they're making a real attempt at this hmm. point to index podcasts and shows and show uh, show those highly in search results. Uh, the only times that you're going to see podcasts are, one, when they're extremely well linked to and, and very well covered um, and, and extremely authoritative. And two, when they have superb transcripts. Uh, um and you do see you do see some podcasts do quite well uh and videos actually whiteboard friday being a good example because they provide not only that Um, multimedia format, but also a text content accessible, readable, browsable, parsable piece of content underneath the video or next to the video or next to the audio clip uh, that will walk you through the whole thing. And that's why you see a lot of podcasters today, you know, putting up not just show notes, but really detailed descriptions of what's in there and, you know, all the different
0: sections, a lot about their guests all those kinds of things. Okay. Well, let's get stuck in. So what we're going to do now is we are going to real-time search engine optimize this actual episode that Rand and I are recording. <laughs> you Love laugh. It. That's an evil laugh. Yeah, yeah let's do it, man. <laughs> um, so, some things to note. Um uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rand, but the learnings that that, that listeners are going to get here apply just as equally to any web page of their website or any blog post of their website. Correct? That's right. Yeah, okay. absolutely.
1: We're going to try and we're going to try and do a universal
0: approach to small business SEO here. Love it. Um, just so listeners know, I use WordPress to manage my website's content, so that's what we're working in. I use a plugin called Yoast. Rand, you can challenge that as we go, uh, but that's what allows me to put in the metadata into my into that page of the blog posts. Um, I am screen recording this, so uh, people will be able to view that later. Um, now let's get stuck. Oh here. no,
1: I, uh, Tim, I, I love Joost. I don't know if you know, but I actually, I actually gave that blog its name, that that plugin and uh, and that blog. So when when Yost first introduced himself to me, uh, this is Joost de Valk, right from yeah, the Netherlands. Yeah. So he uh, he said, you know, my my name is Joost. It's J O O S T, and I said Yost. Like toast with a Y. And he said, Toast with a Y. I love it. And that's when <laughs> that's he registered how you named it. YO does? Well, um, it's one yeah. of
0: those plugins that's been around forever and a day, and from what I can yeah. tell, it continues to do what it needs to do very well. So why change? Oh, we love it. Uh, we good love it. man. All right. Well, first of all, let's get stuck in. Uh, how important are show notes, and how long do they need to be? Now, before you answer that, Rand, I have a love hate, and I think I represent many podcasters here. I have a love hate relationship with show notes. they. Uh, I mean, I love recording audio. I love these conversations I have on my podcast. But when it comes time to constructing those show notes, it sometimes feels like pulling teeth. I sometimes sure. wonder whether anyone's using them. So in your view, how important are they?
1: Uh, they are critically important. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry <laughs> to say it, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's frustrating. So here's the way I would think about it. Think about the show notes as being less – it is less about making detailed notations of what we talked about and more about attracting people to click that play button, right? You want to you create um, an incentive. You want to create a uh, – almost a, a tease, right? A mystery like, hey, this is – these are things you're going to find out. These are questions I bet you have – the answers are inside, right? And so you're really trying to do what advertising and, and conversion rate optimization always do, which is to entice people to click that play button, to take that action. And for any small business out there, anytime you're putting up multimedia content or you have something behind a registration wall, right, uh, uh, here, you know, get our, get our latest uh, data set, give us your email address, Man, that that better be a sexy call to action. Something that really gets people going. Oh man, I need that. That's exactly what I want. Oh, and that's what this. show notes should do. Less less describe exactly you know what they're going to see, and more sell them on why you should click play.
0: Love it. Already, I've got a mindset shift. Um, is it is it about clicking play? Do you think on the media player within the show notes, or is it about getting them to uh, hit subscribe on the iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play button. It,
1: that is really up to you. Hmm. So I think it depends on what your goals are. If your goals are, you know, raw listeners versus uh, you think that anyone who you know clicks that play button is very likely to be a subscriber, and you've seen data in your analytics to suggest that's the case. And so maybe you, you know, you want to probably push one thing above of everything else. Okay. Maybe that's the play button, maybe it's subscribe on iTunes, maybe it's Stitcher, but whatever, you know, whatever platform you're going after, whatever call to action you can make that that is a single one. And then maybe have some, you know, oh, okay, you're not in iTunes or you're not an Apple user, here's some alternates.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Love it. Mindset shift. Now, I've broken this discussion up, Rand, as you know, into on-page SEO of the show notes and off-page SEO. So we're going to talk on-page first. Um, as I said to you uh, in an email in the lead up to this, I, n- I don't know what I don't know. Um, so I need you to kind of go, hey, you've forgotten this or you've forgotten that or that's not important. So I'm going to start off by saying, how do we determine the focus keyword that this yeah. exact interview should rank for?
1: Yeah, so you're going to need to do some keyword research. And uh, luckily, this is a pretty fun, easy process. Um, There are some free tools out there. You can certainly use just Google themselves, right, or Google's free AdWords tool. I really love a tool called Moz Explorer, uh, Keyword Explorer, and that is um, free for the first few queries a day. But, Tim, I've actually given you access to my account so that we can run as many queries as we want here. Uh, So the way to get started with this is just to think very broadly. So when this show goes up, what is it going to be about? The ultimate show notes for a podcast episode. Ultimate show notes for a podcast episode. So we're trying to help people optimize their podcast show notes? Correct. Okay. All right. So why well, don't we well, type in – do you in-
0: think so? What about – you? that's what I that's, – that's why I contacted you.
1: Well, so that is – I think that's a very specific one. We could go broader and say something like we're trying to help small businesses do SEO, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We could say we're trying to help um, with uh, SEO for small publishers. We could say we're trying to do SEO for podcasters. Or we could go all the way down and say, hey, we're just trying to create the ultimate guide to show notes for podcasters.
0: Mm -hmm. What do do Uh, you think?
1: Well, I like I like being specific, and I think it'd be interesting to see what uh, sorts of searches. I have no idea what'll happen if we type in podcast show notes to Keyword Explorer, but I think that would be great.
0: Doing that now on the screen sharing. Uh, I'm going to go. Can I? I'm going to go Australia because we most of the sure. audience is in Australia. So I've got podcast show notes search. Okay. I, I do warn you uh, because
1: Australia has a smaller population and a smaller search population. I sometimes recommend for non-geolocalized queries that you use the United States, okay. and the reason being just because there tends to be so much more search volume and search variation, and we all speak the same language yeah, roughly. Gotcha.
0: Okay, done. All right, on the screen, what are we doing?
1: All right, so let's scroll down and check out that list of keyword suggestions down there.
0: Okay, so So, what we've got and remembering this, primarily this is an audio interview, so um, I've got now a box with five keyword suggestions, podcast show notes service, podcast show notes, podcast show notes template, podcast show notes iPhone, and podcast show notes examples.
1: So why don't we click that link below there that says see all 1,000 suggestions, because that'll give us a lot of uh, keyword information, and now we can sort of see, hey- you know, there's a few with some with some monthly volume. So it looks like most people when they search for podcast show notes, show notes is actually two words, not one. Uh-huh. Which is an interesting right. And that's important as well because we want to structure our content in the way people search for it. Mm-hmm. So podcast space show, space notes will probably do better for us as a focus keyword than podcast show notes all one word
0: and what that what Moz keyword explorer is telling us is that it's of all the keywords it's showing its monthly volume the word, the keyword podcast show notes is has the most monthly volume correct uh, this is
1: actually sorted right now by relevancy but you can change that to sort by volume Um, So Uh, if you click that top column, you can sort by volume, but you'll probably get some, you know, very far afield keywords like podcasts, right? If you want, we can scroll up to the top Mm -hmm. and uh, see where it says um, include a mix of sources. So underneath podcast show notes it says, yeah, there you go. Okay. So why don't you choose something that's sort of closely related? There's some options in there like um, only include keywords with all the query terms. Okay. Podcast show notes. And in this case, we we probably want to break up to uh, put that space in. Yeah, because right. it's being very literal. Okay. So you can do that in the search bar up top. Yeah, yep. Done. There.
0: Okay. All right. So we're doing a search for podcast show notes in the United States, only include keywords with all of the query terms.
1: Right. And, and this now. is this is the most uh, complicated part, right? So yeah, now, yeah. there you go. Now you've got a list. So show notes, show notes service, not a ton of search volume around this term, but there you go. I think we should make podcast show notes the central keyword. Right. Okay.
0: Done. We love that. So, um, yeah, I would – I mean, and the fact that there isn't huge search volume. I mean, how much search volume is there? Is that, Is that 11 to 50, literally 11 to 50 searches per month? Yeah, per month. and that has
1: uh, – so it's pretty accurate. Uh, 95% of all uh, keyword volumes that we've tested fall into the range that are reported here. Right.
0: So do you think that's – despite the small volume, do you think that's what we should go with? Well, I mean I- – if,
1: if you were able to rank number one, and let's, you know, let's be optimistic, let's say there's 50 people searching for this every month, yep. uh, and we think it's rising, right, because more people are doing podcasts and more people are creating show notes, mm-hmm. uh, I would say that you know 50 people searching and potentially 25 to 30 of them clicking on our link every month, that would be pretty worthwhile. I mean, that starts to add up. Happy with that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've got our keyword. And, and why is that so important, Rand? Uh, if, you, if you don't know
1: which keyword or keywords you're targeting with a blog post or, or with any type of piece of content, it's very, very difficult to optimize for it. You don't really know what does the searcher want from this, yeah, okay. right? And and what do I, what information do I need to provide? You don't know what keywords to include in your title, your headline, your meta description. You know these important places to place keywords. Gotcha. You don't really even know. Uh, what other words and phrases should I be including? And how should I, I be helping this person? Because you, I feel like you can't get inside a
0: searcher's head until you know what they typed in.
1: Okay. Gotcha.
0: All right. Let's move on. Uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover here because there are there's so many component parts to sure. optimizing a page on a website. And, and hence, I think that's why a lot of small business owners either don't do it or don't know how to do it. What's the headline for this episode then now that we know what the keyword is?
1: Well, we want to write something that is going to uh, be sexy enough that people want to click it. It's enticing, but it includes these three words, podcast, show, notes, and and preferably all together, preferably somewhat close to the the start of that headline. So, for example, we could say uh, the ultimate guide to podcast show notes.
0: Mm -hmm. Like that?
1: We could, we could also alter that. If we thought, hey, this is going to be less of a big, big guide and more of a specific, we're going to try and give you the quick and dirty version, we could say how to optimize your podcast show notes to get more traffic. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, those, there, there's options around that. We could even have something like uh, podcast show notes, what to do to have SEO success. There's a lot of options available. We could test different things. It's really up to us and what we think is going to resonate with searchers and visitors mm-hmm. as well as how we want to angle our content.
0: Okay. What would you do? I'm going to have to keep asking
1: you that. Sure, sure. So for me, I feel like we are not necessarily doing the ultimate guide. I think we're more doing a, a little bit of a how-to. So I think how to make uh, podcast show notes successful or how to make your podcast show notes 10 times better. Maybe that
0: one. Like that. Okay. Uh, right. Um, I'm moving on to content now. All right. So the, yeah. the, the guts of the, of the show notes, if you like. Now, the overall question is what to include. Right now, for an episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, I have a lengthy guest bio I, I talk about what topics are covered in bullet point form. I share mm-hmm. the top three learnings from my interview. I link to any resources that are mentioned during the discussion, and I have some sponsor links, and that's what feels very laborious. And now that you've told me up front that I should be more actively concerned about the whole aim of these show notes is to get people to, uh, as you said, either click on the play button or subscribe on iTunes, whatever I choose that to do, I'm feeling yeah. that that my current structure is not doing that. I write those show notes because I think my listeners are going to go there to find out all the stuff that we talked about.
1: So I might I might try and do like a little bit of extraction. Maybe take um, one really powerful exchange that you and I might have during this podcast and write that up. You know verbatim. You know your question, my answer, your response, my response. Right, and take that and say like. There's a lot more like this. You will get more tips like this one, you know, that can that can 10x your uh, podcast show notes results. Click here to play the full version. Oh, I love that. Right. And so that way you're sort of like enticing them into, oh, my God, that is such a great idea. Look at what Rand and Tim were talking about. I got to hear the rest of this. And oh. then you could go into right then you could have here's what else you'll learn. And now here's a little bit more about who
0: Rand is and who Tim is. And now here's, you know, the rest of the notes. So what you're saying to be clear is first and foremost identify what I consider to be the most powerful part of our interview and are you mm-hmm. suggesting um have a have a transcript of that and um an audio clip
1: yeah and Tim I'd also display that visually so I would take you know per, per, perhaps icons of us right our our avatars put those next to the quotes uh and I'd have that section right? That, that exchange between us below two other elements. First, at the very top of the page, the headline. Second, a brief description, maybe two to three sentences that could potentially be a featured snippet for Google, right? When someone searches for how do I make better podcast show notes and you have a, you know, this uh, podcast will walk you through how to create better podcast show notes, including X, Y, and Z, um, you know, check out this Whatever it is, forty-five minute interview with with SEO uh, Rand Fishkin, right? That kind of thing, and then I'd have that call out, right, and the, the the visuals there, and then I'd go into the rest of the show notes.
0: And how long that transcript? How long are we talking? Because what am I identifying a ten minute exchange or literally a, a thirty second exchange? Because the transcription. I'd go for, I'd go for more
1: like thirty seconds, right? You really yeah, yeah. want that teaser?
0: Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so then below that, I'm still. Uh, I'm still doing the bio, the links to resources mentioned, um, my top three learnings, or not so much. Yeah, I like I like the top three learnings a lot. I might even put those directly
1: below uh, the you know the play button, so that someone could could sort of have that idea of like, oh yes, I'm going to learn those three things. That sounds mm. great. I think that works great. The I think the bios can be. You know, pretty standard, and those are copy and paste. That should be pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, if you do a full transcript, uh, I think that's a fine thing to include. You can use a service. We use a service here called Speechpad.com. Um, and I like them a lot. They're very inexpensive. I think it's two dollars per you know ten minute episode of Whiteboard Friday, and they do a really nice job.
0: Wow, that's uh, that's that is inexpensive. I, I'm gonna oh, yeah ho- hold your thought on transcript because I'm well actually yeah they yeah, do because I just want to finish this discussion around the overall content. So I'm I'm clear now. Um, mm-hmm. is, is there any other content that you would include besides what we've already mentioned? All that that's. Uh,
1: I like I, I actually like your idea of links to external resources Google looks at and appreciates when there's citations and sources and so uh, external links are well correlated and I don't think just correlated I think there's some causality there where Google looks at pages that link out to other pages and rewards them
0: it's always a fear I have I know I like to interlink between pages of my website so internally link tell me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong but what I'm thinking there is hey at least I'm I'm holding them with in my website, um, right? I, I do link externally, but I give it good consideration um, because I see them as doors out. I see every link to another website as a door out of mine, and then I've lost lost people. Am I wrong?
1: So here's here's the way I would think about it, just philosophically. Uh, if you and I have a conversation, and I, for example, tell you about a great service like Speechpad, I think that actually earns your trust in me better than if I say oh, um, yeah, my brother works on this, or yeah, Moz actually offers a service. I think when you recommend a third party, whether it's you know as a source or a resource, a citation, uh, a recommendation, I think that actually builds trust in you as the place to go. Hmm. So rather than a door out, I think of
0: it as a way to build trust between the parties. Nice. So I have two questions around that. Uh, should the external, should every link, open in a new tab. I like opening them in new tabs. Yes, generally. I think that's yep. not a bad idea. Right. And the anchor text. So the words that you use to link, how mm-hmm. important is that anchor text? It's
1: very important when people link to you. It's somewhat less important when you link out to other people, but critical piece, make it obvious. So make it obvious. Any visitor should be able to look at a link and say, aha, I know exactly what I'm going to get when I click
0: there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, Rand, I'm loving this. Getting quite awesome. excited. I mean, I, 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 you, I, I'm getting excited about writing show notes again after f- 378 episodes.
1: <laughs> I mean, what's going to be super cool, Tim, is is when you publish one of these. And I don't know if it'll be the first one you publish right, in this format, but, but when you get this idea and you start practicing a little, and then you find yourself ranking on page one, and then you find yourself ranking number one, and then you find all these new subscribers coming because they searched for something and they found
0: you, that that is yeah. such a fun experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love SEO for that reason, yeah, no doubt, no doubt Tell me um, okay, so we've covered links there uh, I know the content what, what get back to content. Um, I used to include tweetables, which I thought was very cool and sexy, but I didn't see that many people tweeting. What that meant is, was I'd extract um, a, a, a quote from the episode, 140 characters or less, put it in a cute little box. If someone came to the show notes and clicked on it, it automatically tweeted it, out, it tweeted it out through their account. Is that just sure. clever, too clever for
1: too cool for school? Uh, n- not entirely, but I like a format slightly different. So what what I like to encourage is rather than making people you know sort of compose the tweet and send it out, I love crafting that tweet yourself, right? Sending it from your Twitter account and embedding your own tweet that promotes it. The reason I love that oh, two yeah. things: one, it can get you more followers on Twitter because people will you know retweet you. And they'll see your Twitter account, and so they're more likely to follow you if they do use Twitter. And clicking retweet is way easier than having this, you know, click to tweet, open a new window, oh, I'm not logged into my Twitter account, you know, all that kind of thing.
0: Just so I understand that, you're saying still grab a quote, 140 characters or less from the interview, um, tweet it out under my account. Are you then saying grab a screenshot of that and embed that? Not a screenshot. No, no. The, The embedded tweet. So you can embed uh, a tweet on a web page. You can embed
1: your uh, own tweet on your web page. And then if people click your profile, they can follow you and they can easily retweet with one click on the page. Is there a plugin for that?
0: How do I, I'm just trying to understand how I no, embed no, a uh, tweet. Twitter,
1: yeah, Twitter does it themselves. So any tweet you click on, there's a little uh, option to embed it.
0: Ah, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Pretty Love sweet. Love that. And so if then someone goes to that on my show notes and clicks on it, it's going to go out under their account. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Right. Um, okay. Um, keyword density within the whole context of these show notes, this concept of how many times does the keyword have to appear? Is there a rule?
1: Nope. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, that is that is some old school SEO that is no longer <laughs> applicable. So long as you make sure that your content solves the searcher's problem and you know, uses words and phrases intelligently. You do not need to worry about keyword repetition some certain number of times or what percent of the text is some other keyword. You can write creatively and freely
0: so how does oh that that's a relief, but yeah. I'm, all, I'm now getting a bit anxious and going but 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 how does Google know that if I don't put podcast show notes, which is my keyword for this episode, in more times than everyone else? Yeah, yeah, well, so think about it this
1: way. What kind of search engine would Google be if one of their primary components was how many times did Mm. an article repeat a keyword? Mm. They would rank the spammiest, scuzziest, most useless (laughs) crap at the top all the time, right? And and sometimes they used to, right? The early 2000s, you got a lot of that. Uh, Thankfully, Google's – you know, engineers are some of the smartest in the world. They have natural language natural language processing capabilities that are vastly beyond what virtually any other company on the planet has. They have machine learning systems to be able to determine whether searchers found content useful or not. They know whether, you know, certain words and phrases are correlated with content being relevant to a subject or not. They can look at sentence structure and phrasing and paragraphs. Mm. Trust me, these guys... They have spent decades perfecting this and they're really good at it at this point.
0: Talk to me about best use of headings. I know in, my, uh, in WordPress, um, I have the op- mm-hmm. option to choose headings one through to six. It's a drop-down menu. I highlight some text, and I can make it a heading one through to six. What do I do with that?
1: Yeah, so for the uh, headline of the piece, the, you know, the title, which appears also in the web page title and shows up in Google as the title of the page, uh, you should make that the, the headline or H1, and there should only be one of those. That's the one that goes at the very top for the other pieces for you know subheadlines i generally say you know if you have a very complex piece of content maybe you're going to use h2s and h3s or headline 2 and headline 3 headline 2 is slightly bigger headline 3 is even you know slightly smaller i would rarely ever use anything other than those two and a lot of times you
0: probably won't even need headline 3 is is it um is, is this headline thing telling google something saying hey this is more important than the That's, It's a little less for Google.
1: It it does give them a slight bit of contextual information about, like, here's the subsections of the piece of content, but it's mostly for visitors, right? It's to help separate out just like when you're reading a book and there's, you know, a new paragraph or a new chapter or a new section of a chapter, right? And it's, it's helpful to segment those. It's really about visitor user experience.
0: Rand, let's move on to – and by the way, guys, I'm talking to Rand Fishkin who is the, the founder of uh, Moz.com, which is, I would argue, the world's leading source of SEO information. He does an amazing thing on Fridays called Whiteboard Fridays. I'd sign up to that. Rand, I found you uh – Two and a half years ago when I searched for world's best SEO expert, and you you were number three behind oh, Matt, Matt Cuts at the time, uh, who was oh, the head wow. of Google. So, like, you know, we put him aside, and then there was uh-huh. some other random who I think might have spammed his way there.
1: <laughs> Delightful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's talk metadata. Um could you please, uh, for the great unwashed amongst us, what is metadata and how important is it?
1: Uh, so metadata is basically information about the content itself, and uh, the title tag, which is which is what shows up in Google as the page title and what shows up at the browser. That is technically metadata. It's a very important piece of metadata. In fact, the, probably the most important thing in SEO for on-page. Wow. Uh, but it is metadata. The meta description, that's another piece. That's what shows up in the search results under your title and sort of says what the, what the content is about. Uh, that's another important piece. You don't need to keyword stuff, but you do want to write something juicy, Right? Something that's going to get people to click. Think of it as ad copy. You're so trying to okay. draw the click.
0: Okay. So let's be clear here. So, and, and is the third part of metadata the permalink? Uh,
1: yeah. The URL itself, technically, the URL is its own thing. It's, it's not metadata, but you can think of it that way. All right. Well,
0: uh, let, let's, let's just tick that one off. So I'm, I'm guessing the permalink for this show is smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash podcast hyphen show hyphen notes. Correct. Uh, yeah, we could use that, or we could
1: use the full headline that we're doing, right? Oh. So we could use, you know, how hyphen two hyphen make your you know podcast show notes ten times better, right? Um,
0: and What's both better? of those would be fine. Any? Is there a better one? Headline or um, keyword?
1: I t- to a certain extent, I like using the full headline, um, especially when the URL itself is fairly short. When the when the t- when the headline is much longer, you know, when it's a sentence, a full sentence in length, and it would wrap around and it would get cut off in the search results. Then I like cutting it down a little bit. But I think in this case, I might go for the full thing.
0: Okay. So now we're going to move on to page title. Now, I think we get 60 characters. Uh, That's what Google allow us before they cut us off. Correct.
1: Uh, It's actually a little variable right now. So um, it's less about the raw number of characters and more about the width of the character. So to use pixel width, meaning that, for example, an I, which is a very thin character, will not cost you very much. But an M, which is a much wider (laughs) character, will cost you more. Um, You don't need to worry about that. You're generally right. you stay under 65 characters, you're going to be fine.
0: Going to be fine. Okay. So uh, page now page title, just so we know, is in the Google search results, this is the blue sentence, yep. the, the blue That's copy right. that sits right above it. And, and I think the important part of this, Rand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but getting your page title and your meta description copyright, as you say, this is like writing an ad. And the better yeah. you do it, um, the more likely you are to have someone click on it.
1: Absolutely. Okay. That's right. The, the title and the meta description are the two big elements along with the URL that are going to drive people to click or not
0: click. Okay. What's the page title for this episode? Uh, it should be our headline. Uh-huh. As well the
1: as headline the... and the title should match. And the reason that's so important is because if someone clicks on a title and they get to a page that doesn't have those words in the headline, they are often going to click that back button. Okay, I'm and just that having, is really bad.
0: I'm having yeah okay because that's bounce rate. You got a high bounce rate, right. page not relevant, don't like it, back to the search, Google go. Well, yep. that that's websites. Okay. Um, I'm having conniptions because uh, up until now, I've had quite long, I've had headlines that are longer than 60 characters and mm-hmm. that haven't necessarily been they haven't mirrored the page title. So what you're saying is uh, the headline now for show notes or a blog post or anything needs to be 60 characters or less. Uh, not necessarily, but the first part of it definitely
1: should. So for example, if you wanted to make the the title of this piece, um, how to make your podcast show notes 10 times better and 15 unusual tips from SEO guru, Rand Fishkin, right? Like you, you can mm-hmm. do something like that. Mm-hmm. I actually hate the word guru, but Come regardless. on, mate. I'll use it if you don't. <laughs> Uh, um, but regardless of that, you could cut off the headline at you know, 10 times better, and that would be the part that appears in the search results, but you still have this longer headline. So the way to think about a headline is just make it flow such that you know, the first 60, 65 characters can get cut right there and still make sense to a potential searcher.
0: OK. Got it. Got it. Wow. This is good stuff, okay, so now we 're on to the meta description and and by the way oh well if if, if the page titles mirroring uh, to in certainly the first sixty characters the headline then we've got the then we 've got the keyword in there, so tick meta description as I understand it, which is the two generally two lines of copy in gray Great. that appear under the permalink. In Google search results, uh, we've got 156 characters to play with, putting aside pixel width. Is that correct?
1: Yep, yep. that's that's right around there. We've we've seen it be as high as 200 and as low as 140, but yeah, right around there.
0: Okay, um, let's. What's what is the meta description for this the, for these show notes? Uh, let's see. If we were to come up with
1: something on demand, I would say yeah. unfair. I know, something- but we can. Yeah, we we would probably play around with it, right? We we try and optimize it, but I might say something like, um, podcast show notes are one of the most critical pieces to earning, you know, traffic and subscribers. Learn how to make yours uh, the best they can be, right? Something like that.
0: Okay. Okay. So, what? Okay. So what you've got there? You've got keyword up front not you're not stuffing it but again um
1: someone yeah, searches for there, that right okay. yep. and google will google will take that keyword and make it bold in the results which is another nice
0: thing oh that's cool that's cool so the, the, in writing that copy you have you describing what the sh- what the page is about and also putting a call to action in there
1: yeah exactly so you're trying to draw the click in addition to describing the content
0: okay draw click describe content um, okay got it that's something we need to play with and you know for the sake of this interview we're not going to go back and forth trying to no, that's right. um tell me one thing i've been doing of recent times i've noticed other kind of digital marketing sort of specialists doing this is in the in the page title they'll put a what is that it's not a forward slash. What's the little – it's the vertical line that sits above a forward – Oh, yeah. Yeah, the pipe. The pipe. It's just a straight right, vertical, the vertical line. Pipe. So they do their yep. page title. Then they do that space, straight vertical line, space, and then they put their business name or – like for me, I can't put small business, big marketing. It's too long, but I've been doing SBBM. And – um. I think that works great. Is it something around authority? It's like – is it just this kind of weird perception of all oh, this? Uh, it's – Right, right, right. So that
1: is really about drawing the click, right? So if I put something from Moz, I want to have Moz in the title so that someone knows, oh yeah, that's from Moz. I like those guys. I know them. Even if it's the first time, I want them to say, huh, Moz, I haven't heard of them. Then come to my website, then have a good experience, and then think to themselves, you know what? When I'm searching for SEO information in the future, I'm going to look for
0: Moz. Yeah, so you do that more Moz strong brand in the world of SEO, so you'd be mad mm-hmm. not to. Um, SBBM, uh, it's an acronym, It's the it's the acronym for my the the title. So my you shirt.
1: could, uh, you could consider using Tim Reed. Very short name, brandable, hmm. memorable. Hmm. It's you. I, I don't know if you want to associate the the business brand with your personal brand, but if you do, that would be something I'd consider.
0: Yeah, right. So now we're starting to use up a few characters, right? In sure the, absolutely yeah.
1: and we you know you have to you have to balance this stuff out so we might make our headline a little shorter we might make the title a little shorter or um, to compensate but yeah this is a this is an art and a science just yeah, like yeah. just like headline writing in the newspaper right they give you a certain amount of column inches they tell the journalist this is how much room you got that kind of thing
0: do I need to make a decision around that and stick with it Rand or do that little thing at the end with a pipe and Tim Reed or Timbo or SBBM uh, when I can fit it yeah you can absolutely Absolutely do it sometimes
1: and not others. Uh That works great. Okay. All right. No Um, need to be consistent 100% of the
0: time. Love it. Uh, Let's talk um, – I think we're done on metadata, correct?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's Uh, talk. Oh, there's – I mean technically there's a meta robots tag,
1: but – I would urge you not to do anything in there. Uh, 99% of the time, you don't have to worry about it, especially small businesses don't have to. You can control some indexing aspects if you want. For example, you could tell a Google, don't index this content because I don't want you know, you to show it in your results, but do follow the links, for example.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm back, uh, inside the actual show notes content itself. I was a bit naughty to cut to metadata so quickly. Let's finish that discussion around transcription, transcriptions, mission critical, correct?
1: Yeah. For any multimedia content, Google can't, still can't parse fully what's in, you know, the media. And so you want to have, uh, a, at the very least a description and sometimes a full transcript, usually a full transcript. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Uh, you you suggested the best service is SpeechPad. However you choose to get your transcription, get it done. Um, when putting the transcription inside the show notes RAND, do you literally cut and paste, which sounds to me like the wrong thing to do because it would just be this incredibly long uh, page. Yeah,
1: the, formatting, the formatting gets gross, the right? Gross. You, you, Yeah, you want something that is uh, easily parsable and provides a good user experience for visitors. And uh, the the best way to do that is, well, you know, if you use a service like SpeechPad, they'll help break it up for you into subsections. um, Or you can do that manually yourself. You could even consider saying, hey, you know what? My transcript is not going to be a full transcript. It's going to be a partial transcript or a notes-only transcript, and therefore I'm going to pull out. You know, these are the five sections. Of what we talked about. Here are the bullet point highlights from each section, and that's it. I'm not. I'm not putting in the full transcript, I, I, I think, and that's okay.
0: I know what everyone listening is thinking. That just sounds like and that's just a massive amount of work uh, to do that. Well, I, it, yeah. it depends. For
1: some people, right? They list. They're going to listen to the podcast itself. Yes. After it's done to make sure that the audio quality is high. And so, you know, ha- having a scrap of paper in front of them or, or you know, uh, their po- post open and just writing down, hey, here's f- five bullet points in each of the three sections we had, that's not, okay. sometimes for some people, that's not a terrible amount of work. So,
0: so I'm, I'm still not clear. I mean, do we put the transcription into an iframe so that? Uh, No, you're going to
1: want it on that URL itself. You want it on that page so that Google associates that content with that page. Otherwise, Google is going to – if you put it in an iframe or you put it on a separate URL, Google will associate that content with a different URL and Uh you really don't want
0: that. Okay, so I'm not clear as to how to most effectively present a transcript in the show notes. Uh, mm-hmm. if if we choose to go down the path of taking right. the whole transcript yeah it's it's up to you and you can
1: format it you know how you wish some people put it you know kind of a full transcript and you make it clickable right so wordpress has a number of plugins that sort of a show hide content and then you can make it you know uh oh you click this and and the css basically in wordpress changes to display yeah that text. Um, so that's one way of doing it. Or, you, you know, if you look at Whiteboard Friday, the video is on top and then the, the full transcript is below.
0: The full transcript? Yeah, that's right. It must scroll for a very long time.
1: Uh, yeah, it can scroll, but it, you know, it tends to work well. Um, it It is something where I, I think something on the order of, if I remember correctly, 60 percent, almost 60 percent of visitors to Whiteboard Friday uh, read the content as text rather than video, hmm. which is pretty wild. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. for podcasts, I have heard that is quite similar, especially – so NPR, uh, National Public Radio yes. here in the United States, is a very popular podcaster. And uh, they – when they do transcripts, those transcripts are much more read than their audio is listened to.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Do, do you give uh, people the in Whiteboard Friday or any show notes, should you give people the opportunity to print the transcripts so also have like a PDF download? Uh, we have not generally done that because we have n- rarely,
1: rarely seen demand for it. But mm-hmm. if, if your audience is a very, you know, print-heavy type of audience, yeah, mate, you could consider it.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, love it, mate. Um, we've done transcript images within the show notes, Rand. Um,
1: yeah, those are – Those are important. If you can get a visual, so for example, uh, Tim, do a search in Google right now for podcast show notes. Done. I think you'll see the same thing I do. Do you see that featured snippet at the top?
0: Uh, No, I don't. Uh, I'm just going to refresh. No, I don't have a featured snippet. The first thing I'm seeing is nine steps to better podcast show notes and seven benefits.
1: Aha. So I've got a featured snippet uh, in mind. Maybe it's because I'm in the US and you're .com.au. Oh yeah, I don't get it. And uh, so go to .com, Delete the .au and okay. go uh, Google.com. And uh, what you'll see, and it's okay if you don't see it, but um, you know what I see is uh, basically that same post, but a featured snippet, and it includes a visual image, right? So yeah, this right. the guy who's ranking number one right now, which is the Audacity to yes. Podcast.com. Um, it's an old post. It's from 2011. It really so old. I think we could. I think we could beat that guy out. Uh, but do you see how he's got that visual up in the top right hand corner there? Yeah. This I'm not is kidding. why visuals, yeah, images are so critical because they can be in the featured snippet. Um, and they're even more popular on mobile. And as you know, mobile now has more than 50% of mm-hmm. all Google searches. Mm-hmm. So getting that visual uh, to map, you know, to be something that's relevant that is gonna entice the click, think of it as part of the, you know, sort of snippet. Part of the thing that's drawing the click.
0: Okay, so uh, embed video, embed uh, images in the show notes. Um, If you have more than one, I mean, we're just leaving it to Google to decide which one to grab. Right.
1: You really want to feature. You want to really want to choose one that you think is kind of the most important, most featured one, and you probably want to give that one a name uh, in the alt attribute Ah. and in the image file name that is the keywords. Gotcha. So, for example, you would want to say, you know, better podcast show notes and, you know, have a have a visual, maybe a screenshot of something we did um, or, you know, an example of a great show notes with call outs or whatever it was. Right. Could even be just photos of you and me chatting, but
0: yeah, gotcha. Kinda... Tell me, um, just to this, uh, we've done a search for podcast show notes in Google. The fellow who's mm-hmm. got the number one position, it's from 2011, September 2011. Two, uh, three down, three search results down, there is um, a, a search from March 2017. Uh, maybe, why? Why is something so old getting top? Position. I mean, I think in this case,
1: it's because the content does such a great job of answering the right. searcher's query and also because uh, this is a pretty well-linked to website. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and a well-linked to individual URL. So lots of people have linked to audacitypodcast.com to Yep. And lots of people have linked to this particular post over the years. One of the nice things is when you earn that top-ranking ra- result, a lot of people will find you in Google and end up linking to you, which is sort of that like – you know, it's the late-stage capitalism thing. The rich get richer, right? And the people who are on page two get nothing. Um, and, and so this is something where if you, you know, start doing SEO five years from now, you can have big advantages over people who didn't start. Yeah, gotcha.
0: Okay, uh, that's images. That That's the only way to optimize an image, right? We fill out the alt text information and have um, used the keyword. Right, so the,
1: the image file name and the alt attribute – uh, are are the critical pieces and please uh, do be careful not to game or manipulate the alt attribute um, Google does uh, Validate and check those every so often mm. and um, they've got some pretty good learning devices visual learning devices to see if you're manipulating that when you if if you do um, not only is it bad for Google and it, and it can get your site kicked out, but it's also really bad for screen readers, so folks who are visually impaired and using a screen reader device. Yes. Um, for podcasters, that is huge because podcasts are Massive. a big, big part of how you know the uh, visually impaired – consume the internet
0: okay moving on rand mate so appreciate this i keep saying it i know but you've you've re you've breathed life back into me writing show notes i'm excited to write the next one (laughs) awesome um We've nearly finished with on-page, then we're going to move to off-page. How important on-page is a social share button? That button that you see on my website, for example, down the side that has Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Google Plus logos allowing others to share the content. Yeah. So off-page
1: SEO is pretty much still all about uh, links and distribution. So social media is a great channel for that. Email is a great channel for that. Uh, Reaching out directly to people is a great channel for that. And certainly, you know, building, your brand and your presence through conferences and events, uh, through in-person connections, right, through through advertising or any broadcast channels that you want, uh, you know, the the key there and the difficult part for a lot of SEOs is getting those links, getting people to actually link back to you. And so finding a hook, a reason why people need to cite your work and source what you've talked about um, is a really great one. And I think that you know the most successful podcasters tend to publish stuff that – earns those, those direct links that people want to uh, include in, you know, whatever, their weekly roundups and their, uh, their citations and their sources when, they, when they're talking about what happened.
0: Brilliant. So uh, that's a whole, we've had this discussion on this show previously about partnerships, identifying Mm -hmm. people who have the eyes and ears um, of our target audience that we also want to get in front of, strike a partnership deal where they share your stuff, you share their stuff, and it's a match made in heaven. And so, what you're also saying there is the backlink, the external bank link on someone else's site is also very important, right?
1: huge part of SEO.
0: And try and control the anchor text on that bank link. So when I ask you, uh, Rand, to share this episode, um, I hand you the link and ask you to make sure that, hey, it's um uh, that the anchor text would be, you know, ultimate podcast show notes or something to that effect, right?
1: Yeah, the headline is a big part of that, right? So by calling your piece something, a lot of other people will call it that too. And that's how you'll get that anchor text.
0: What about that? <laughs> oh, he's good. Moz's Rand Fishkin. Would you say that is an episode for the ages? I know, you know, like most of the time I interview successful small business owners, which Rand is, but it was less about his story and today more about making sure that you optimize uh, everything on your website. I hope you got a lot out of that. And um, don't forget, you can reference the full transcription of this episode by going over to the show notes at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 380 and seeing just how beautifully optimized these ones are compared to the other 379 I've done. Quite proud of how they're looking, really. Now, Rand had to race off to another meeting and we didn't get to cover off-page SEO as deeply as I would have liked. However, in speaking to him afterwards, he did confirm that what I'm doing off-page is pretty much on point. (laughs) Quite chuffed, really. So in next week's episode, along with another great interview, I am going to detail exactly what I do to drive traffic to this show. Okay? All my off-page tactics. Coming up, I am going to share my top three attention grabbers from that fireside chat with Rand. Plus, I'm going to share why and how to use storytelling to sell more stuff. (laughs) The Small Business Big Marketing Show is made possible thanks to Open Universities Australia. As business owners, we're more likely to work in our business than on it. Who's guilty of that? Come on, hands up, hands up, I certainly am. We get so caught up in the busyness of business, but it doesn't have to be that way. You see, you can study a postgraduate single unit online through Open Universities Australia. You could sharpen your accounting skills, deep dive into economics. You could even improve your marketing if you can't find a decent podcast on the topic. And trust me, I've tried. (laughs) Seriously though, having interviewed hundreds of successful business owners, one thing many have in common is they never, ever stop learning. So be one of them. And sharpen your skills by checking out the single modules on offer at Open Universities Australia over at www.open.edu.au. And we're also made possible thanks to Dale Beaumont's 52 Ways Live event. Now, instead of me telling you about it, and I have done that over the last few months and have attended it myself, loved it, Here's a note I just received from listener Nerily. She says, hi, Timbo. Hey, Nerrily. Long time listener here. Well, I feel like it, although I'm still catching up. I listen at least to at least one or two of your podcast episodes a day while I'm in my studio. That's unreal. Some have background jibber jabber on. Others have my show on which could be regarded as background jibber-jabber. She goes on to say, I just want to say thanks for the info on Dale Beaumont's 52 Ways event. I went yesterday and came away hugely positive and pumped. I love that. Well done for taking action, uh, Narrowly, Many don't. Many would have heard me speak about it, not gone. But that said, I know many of you have gone to great benefit. She goes on to say, it's been a really hard few months. I'm sorry to hear that. But now I'm getting back on track. I just wanted to say thanks. You're a legend, narrowly. So here's the thing, guys. We've got to get out of our businesses. We've got to get out and smell the roses, look around, go to events, expand our mind, meet other business owners. Um... You know, experience what they're going through. Hear their challenges. Hear about their wins. And an event like Fifty Two Ways allows you to do that. It's eight hours of learning, and it is like it is. Dale says shares Fifty Two Ways to grow your business in eight hours. I mean, it's brilliant. If nothing else, just watch him present. He's a machine. You can learn a lot from that. Anyway, uh, 2018 dates have been announced and free tickets are available over at 52ways.biz and I would highly encourage you to get a group of fellow business owners and marketers together and head off for the day and have a ball. 52ways.biz All right, my top three attention grabbers from that chat with SEO legend Rand Fishkin of Moz, thanks to 52ways.biz and Open Universities Australia. Attention grabber number one, getting on page one of Google is not magic and any business can do it. I think this is such a relief to hear from the horse's mouth, so to speak. As Rand says, SEO, it's an art and a science yes there is some work to be done yes it does get detailed and yes it gets a little geeky but why go to the trouble of creating a website full of helpful content whether that be a podcast or blog post or whatever if you don't optimize it for google so my advice is to understand then outsource this all-important component attention grabber number two The embedded tweet. I love that. What a great idea. Uh, You have to do this retrospectively uh, once you put your show notes live, but that's cool. Uh, And I've done that. So again, you can go and check the show notes for this episode and you'll see my embedded tweet. I love that idea. Attention grab at number three, links to external resources. When you recommend a great third party service, it builds trust in you as the place to go. So such the links aren't doors out of your website, as once thought. Just be sure to have the links open in a new tab so people aren't leaving your website. I like that tip. Now, there are three things that grabbed my attention from that chat with Rand. There were plenty more, uh, but it's been quite a long episode already. I, I would love to hear what grabbed your attention. Head over to the show notes. They're looking good. Smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 380 and... Leave a comment. Let me know what grabbed your attention. What what, 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 what have you got to lose? It's time for one simple yet effective marketing idea that you can implement immediately. One that's not going to cost a fortune and that might just generate you more awareness, more inquiry, and ultimately more sales. I call today's idea the Tell Your Story, Sell More Products methodology. Whether it be fact or fiction, everybody loves a good story. As a business owner, it's important you take the time to develop interesting stories to share with customers and prospects to get them emotionally engaged in what you have to offer and view you differently from your competition. Here's an example of a simple fictional story about a farmer's shirt From an old J. Peterman Company clothing catalogue. And I quote When a man puts on this authentic French farmer's shirt, he may very well find that his hands look bigger. Is that woman over there giving him the eye and nodding toward the haystack? Yes, and he knows exactly what to do. End quote. Telling your brand story is also a great way to build trust and remind people that at the end of the day, your business is managed and run by real humans. So here's my three steps to telling your story and selling more products methodology. Step one, spend a lazy afternoon with a cheeky glass of red, identifying all the parts of your business for which you could tell a story. This could include your product range, your approach to customer service, your why you exist story and stories about your team members, just to name a few. Step two, start writing a story about just one of those aspects of your business. It doesn't need to be long or hilariously funny, just something that engages the reader enough for them to want more. And if writing isn't your thing, then consider telling these stories on video or audio. Step three, publish each story in the appropriate places on your website, in your brochures, counter cards, point of sale, incorporate them in your new business slide deck wherever they will get seen and are most relevant. And here's the pro tip. Done well, storytelling is a game changer. So consider employing a copywriter to help extract these stories from the depths of your mind and wordsmith them so that they pop off the page or screen. That's my three steps to telling your story and selling more products methodology. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 380, where you'll find some additional resources, including some business storytelling examples and a link to a couple of great books on this subject, including my very own book, The Boomerang Effect. So what have you got to lose? Well, that almost wraps up another episode of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, but there's plenty more marketing gold coming your way in the weeks ahead, including chats with owners of actually some very big businesses that, like all, started off very small. Hey, have you listened to the chat I had with Nat and Steve Warner? They left their high-flying jobs in New York and returned to Melbourne to start the Green Street Juice Company.
1: There's been a couple of elements that have collided for us and I think it's universal for all businesses or if you can get that combination right, it helps propel you and keep going through the challenges and that's a real passion and a belief in what you're doing. If you have that greater vision and you really feel that you're making a difference with what you're bringing to the market on those days where you're pulling a 22-hour day and you may have been juicing and then you're, you know, delivering the juice yourself, like, at the early days, we were everything. We were the juicers. We were the customer service. We were the delivery drivers. Um, Tapping into the passion and what you believe in gets you through.
0: Oh, that was such an inspirational story and they are doing great things with that business. You'll find that full interview plus hundreds more over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or you can subscribe free on iTunes. Uh, If you're serious about growing your business through smart marketing, then be sure to grab a personalized copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me Tim at timreid, reid.com.au. Hit me up on Twitter at Timbo Reed Join the Small Business Big Marketing Facebook page. So many ways to engage with this brand. Hope you love it. Don't forget to sharpen your sword by enrolling in one of the single module online courses offered by Open Universities Australia. You can check them out at open.edu.au. And please be sure to grab your seat, it's free. At Dale Beaumont's 52 Way 52 Ways, that should be live event. New dates have just been released for 2018, so no excuses, huh? Head over to 52ways.biz and grab some seats now. Lock it in your diary and look forward to it. If you love the Small Business Big Marketing Show, then let other business owners know. In fact, just head off down the street now, walk into shops, grab shop owners' iPhones uh, or smartphones, open the podcast app, and look for the Small Business Big Marketing Show and hit subscribe. That would be just a wonderful way of paying it forward. Until next week, I'm Timbo Reed. Thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.